And you're completely obsessed with treasure. That's not true. I am not obsessed with treasure. Not all treasure is silver and gold, mate. Gentlemen, the time is come! It's been a, it's been some time, yes, but we are back. You're back. Back. Swash, swash, buckle, buckle. And why would you say such a thing? Well, because it's a swashbuckling time. We are starting in our brand new series of podcasts. That's right. And what is it called? Does it have a name? It does. <laughs> I actually made one up for us. Uh, well, I definitely know what that is, but a, I think you should say it. It's another alliteration because you know. Let's be on brand here. It's a. It's called Pirate Parlay. Oh. Isn't that fun? That's a good name. Thank you. I'm very proud of it. I it only that. took me like a couple months to come up with it. That's a lie. That's a straight That's up good. lie. Good. That's good. Anyway, yeah. It's particularly relevant to, yes. to what we're doing today. Yes. So we are taking a break from covering auteurs, I suppose, directors. Yeah. Because yeah. we uh, we wrapped up the Wachowskis. So yes. far, it's kind of hard to say that we've officially wrapped on everything because you never know when someone's going to make something new. That's true. So we thought we'd have a little bit of fun and have like a mini, mini podcast that uh, does not have to deal with one particular filmmaker, but instead just kind of a genre, more or less. And mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty casual. We're not going to have like a straightforward uh, chronological list. No. And... Uh, What's what's the podcast going to be about, Camden? Tell the people. Today, currently? Yeah. Exactly. Well, just in general. I think we already said it. Yeah, well, it's, it's pirates. pirates. Yeah, pirate movies. Pirating. Pirating. And pirate-related activities. Celebrating in pirate fashion. You'll get mm-hmm. that reference later it, for a different episode. So not today. So not today. Sorry. Uh, that's that's just a little preview. You probably won't remember the reference by the time you understand it. Really. Oh, no. I'm going to bring it up okay. every chance okay. I get now. Well. Yep. Anywho. But what are we what are we talking about today specifically? Well, we are beginning with a more modern pirating adventure. I would argue the most modern. I don't think That's anything true. else has come out. <laughs> there hasn't been in another in the 21st one. century. That is technically film. I'm there are definitely pirate TV series. Yeah, yeah, there's some um, Black Sails. Yes. Is that about pirates? That is about pirates. It sounds like it is. It is. It's actually I actually have not watched all of it. I've seen like a couple of the episodes from season one and that one is like a precursor to treasure island because some of the people oh. in that like long john silver's in it but it's when he's like young and yeah. really hot uh, but anyway i'm gonna assume that uh depending on your point of view yeah. you could say that a uh, vikings is also about pirates oh that's true you know? yeah i suppose we should qualify what are pirate movies <laughs> but let's not do that this classic, episode. classic pirates with the big big boats yes. as they say yeah big ships mm-hmm and uh such a pretty ship <laughs> all that sort of thing yeah uh sailing at least more than one of the seas you yeah know? not just one yeah seven they don't have to sell all seven oh, yeah they qualified. don't but that's true uh yeah kind of just exactly the the stereotype that you think of pirates yeah when you think of pirates like the pirates of the caribbean ride those are the types of movies that we're going to dive into we might cheat a little bit down the line but for the first couple of uh pirate pirate episodes 
Yeah. And so there's nothing better to start with than the most modern and probably... The height of modernity. Yes. Because, as we have said... 21st century, baby. Well, it was very big, but it didn't really start a trend, did it? It no. did not, surprisingly. No. To be fair, that is why uh, one of the many reasons why pirate movies kind of went out of fashion in the 20th century with the with the boom of Hollywood is because eventually people realized, hey, these movies are freaking expensive to make. So. That is true. Did we actually say the name of the movie? No, we haven't. <laughs> well, then, I'll leave that to you. Thank you. All right, guys. In case it wasn't already obvious, we are going to talk about the very first installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. The one, the only, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Mm-hmm, Came mm-hmm. out in 2003. It is the only one. Yes. Named that. It's true. Yes. There are other ones called Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. But surprise, they have little... Different titles. Yeah. I know, I know. Because there's more than one. <laughs> well, there are currently five, let us all hope that there won't be any more. We just don't know. <laughs> you know, Disney is a, a Disney is a machine, man. So This is a, this is a pretty happy day cuz we'll be discussing a, a movie that, you know, we both think is really good. Yeah. Uh, but that may alter in different ways, I think. Yes. Different times. Plus, uh, we may run into the possibility of actually watching things that one or both of us hasn't actually seen. Yeah. In which case, I have no idea. That'll we be could fun. think anything. Yeah. But lucky for you, loyal listeners, we have actually seen this movie together. Yes, because... Many times. Most people have. Yeah. It's yeah. true. So, I guess we should dive in, and we'll... 2003, s- you 2003, said that. You said let's, that, right? let's dial dial time back yeah, there. Yeah. Um, when did you first hear about this movie? It was aware of this movie, and then when did you first see it, and what was your initial reaction? Um, I believe that my family, hmm. parents are brother or someone mm-hmm. uh, mentioned it uh, I mean presumably I would have seen trailers and things as well I did watch a lot more TV and actually see commercials back then it was so, a simpler time <laughs> yeah yeah I was aware of its existence and at some point aware that uh, people seemed to like it I don't remember uh, when it came out do you know what time of year it came I out I think it came out in July like June or July all right then I, I saw it you. in July uh, and yeah, I th- feel like my dad or someone mentioned that uh, people thought it was good, which was a bit of a... Surprise. Surprise. I don't think I really knew that, because I didn't know that it was based off um Disney ride or anything, because I had never been to You're Disneyland. You were Disney sheltered, it's true. Yeah, I, I didn't know that, but I guess it made sense that people were uh, surprised just because of that, and also because there hadn't really been a piratey movie. So in a long. while. And so even just hearing, not that it was the best thing ever, but just like people are saying, it's fun. Mm-hmm. So I saw it with one or two family members, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe the whole family. Who can Ooh. say? Ooh. I don't know. Too far back. Um, and I remember really liking it, though. Like, I have several distinct memories of, of different bits of the movie, you know? I can actually remember seeing them and, and how I reacted to them and all that. Uh, so I think it was a pretty memorable experience. Mm. I just remember feeling happy. I don't know. You know, it's the kind of movie that you, you kind of walk out of and you feel good. It's just, even when it's dark, mm-hmm. it's still just fun. Yeah. And obviously I'd seen movies like that at the time, but I don't know if there had really been one that was so uh, universally embraced in a few years around that time. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, Lord of the Rings had happened, mm. so like fantasy was kind of back in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a different thing, you know. That's that's more dramatic 
it's bigger. Yeah, it's but Harry Potter is also of, coming out. Yeah, but of course it was halfway through coming out, and mm-hmm. also it's it's still kind of different, you know. That's yeah. more in the uh, sort of magical, mystical, like variety Based off of, of books fantasy. Too. Yeah, it's it's that thing where like it, it's certainly just fun, but it also has more weight to it, or a feeling like the <laughs> in the nicest way possible. The story itself is more important, you know. It's, Pirates it's got the, a little more prestige. Yeah, yeah. Pirates. Because it is based off of books, I think. Pirates is more of a, you know, a traditional roller coastery thrill ride of a blockbuster mm-hmm. movie, in a sense that I think it ended up having great characters in a story, which is part of why it was surprisingly so good. Mm-hmm. But it is sort of a movie that's that's designed around spectacle, I think, and designed yeah. around particular big scenes, even you know that they're expecting to really be exciting for the audience. Yeah, there's set pieces in it. It's it's that kind of movie. It's a very, like, old-fashioned in that sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I perhaps had not seen a movie like that in the theaters maybe at the time. I think that's possible, like, that kind of throwback of a movie. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool. And I I was into it enough that I know I was very excited for the the second one and, and the third one, but especially the second one. It was one of those things when I was younger they would happen a lot I think we've discussed this before mm. where like I would like something enough to be very excited for the next installment mm-hmm. but then I would like wouldn't care quite as much by the time there was another one if there was more wasn't that like you with the Matrix trilogy a little bit yeah and also with the Star Wars prequels yeah where I just would kind of like I wouldn't stay interested in one thing that long so like I w- did watch the third pirate movie and, mm-hmm. and still en- enjoy it mm-hmm. but uh it wasn't the same, you know, like I watched the first and second one a lot and I've seen them a little bit more much later, you know, when I thought of going back and seeing what it would be like to watch them together, you know, without the waiting and just to see what they were like as a whole and then of course they made even more mm. and yeah, that was that was fun but it was definitely not quite the same as the initial, I guess, when it came out and maybe the few years following it. Plus it was such a big deal. You know, it made so much money. Yeah. People were super into it. Yeah. It was a big thing. Made Johnny Depp go from already quite popular to mega super popular. Yeah. Uh, yes. Agreed. That's Those are my general thoughts. Those are your general thoughts. I like. Yeah. If I keep talking about it, I'll just start talking about various aspects that we can wait to get into. I gotta you know. chime in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, <laughs> gather around the fire, children, for <laughs> my story of first... Uh, hearing about pirates it was a a fun youthful time where i had seen lord of the rings and thought wow that blonde elf is really cute (laughs) and not knowing his name and i'm already getting really giggly just talking about it because orlando bloom was like my big crush when i was younger Mm -hmm. and i found out that he was going to be in this pirate movie and i was like what what's this and i distinctly remember watching the trailer on our family computer for the first time and it's like a teaser, so you don't even really see anything. It's just like this weird shot of like an island being like, things are cursed. And then you see like this skeleton foot come mm-hmm. down on like underwater. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? And um, okay, now the podcast is explicit. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, and then it just flashes up a bunch of names. And I remember watching it and getting like really giggly and excited because Orlando Bloom's name popped up. And then I remember my mom going, oh, Johnny Depp's in this? And I had no idea who that was. Uh, And again, it didn't show you anything other than, like, a skeleton foot and some, like, tropical Caribbean, like, footage. Um, 
and then I remember I watched, I saw the trailer, um, like the full proper trailer in theaters. It was attached to something, and I got really excited again because Orlando Bloom wasn't it. He wasn't blonde this time, so I was like, whoa, he's got range. Oh yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and And, uh, facial hair as well. And facial hair, so I was like, just sign me up. And uh, and I thought. What apparently is a pretty common thought, but now looking back on it, it seems a little foolish. Uh, I thought that Natalie Portman was in it. I was young, and it was a very quick shot of her talking about a corset. I was like, awesome, she's badass. And um, people do mistake Keira Knightley for Natalie Portman, because to be fair, she did play her decoy in Star Wars. That's true. And they do look really similar if they make them up a certain way. Although I've never been confused about that in Pirates. Yes, so. me neither, but also i'd never seen kira knightley in anything and like the shot that they do is when she says that you like pain part and so it's like her hair is covering up a lot of her face because she's just you know smack somebody mm-hmm. so you can't really see her um so i was like super excited i was like this is going to be so much fun and so i went to go see it with my mom and my sister and um <laughs> it was good we saw it in the theaters and then i left the theaters and i was like a changed person so that was <laughs> that was a good experience it's uh it was like i've never had so much fun in my life as a young child and so it it made a huge impression on me i was like this is the greatest movie ever seen and i remember the next day i got a hair this is how much of an impact apparently this movie had on me i went to a hairdresser and again i was very little when this movie came out and i just sat there while she cut my hair and i like gave her a beat by beat breakdown of the movie which in hindsight is not a particularly nice thing to do when you're trying to pitch the movie to someone to go oh. see is to then proceed to tell them the entire thing that happens in the movie you had to explain all the reasons you liked it yeah which was basically the reasons why i liked it was because the whole movie <laughs> and so she got to hear about it and i felt really bad <laughs> looking back on that being like i just spoiled the entire thing for this lady so if you're out there, lady, and randomly listening to this, I am so sorry. Hopefully she doesn't like action movies. Um, yeah, and it was great because I'd never heard of Johnny Depp. I'd never heard of uh, Jeffrey Rush. And it was just kind of like, for them, it, it wasn't like reviving their careers, but it was like they're on a full, like a whole other level yeah. because they were reaching a mass audience and particularly like a younger generation that hadn't grown up with like Johnny Depp with his 21 Jump Street Tim Burton years. Um, mm-hmm. So that was exciting. And yeah. it, it rocked my world. And I saw it like two or three more times in theaters that same month to the point where I think uh, my friends were starting to question me, being like, really? You want to see this again? I'm like, hell yeah, I do. So, um, and then I bought the soundtrack. And I feel like all of this was a little TMI, but there it is, guys. It was pretty, pretty normal. Pretty normal? Does that seem normal? Yeah. Okay. Normal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I really, really loved the movie. It was a lot of fun. And it was like a high adventure throwback, but it's still got like a twist to it because it's got that weird fantasy thing. And basically what I'm trying to say is I've seen this movie so many times and it had such a big impact on me as like a little kid watching it that I can't be like objective about it at all. So I'm just apologizing in advance. Um, Because it's, you know, going back and doing like studying it I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but it's still, like, perfect to me, so it's one of those fun things where, as an adult and as somebody who has studied film, you're like, hey, there's some issues here, or this doesn't make sense, or like, okay, but, like, my little child brain is like, nope, it's perfect, everything's great. 
Well, I don't think your child brain is that wrong. Yeah. It's a very tight movie. I also feel like it was one of those movies that, um, from what I've read, everybody didn't, like, everybody thought it was going to flop. Like, nobody was expecting it to be a hit or, like, such a big hit that it was going to be because, Mm -hmm. like I said, like, people don't make pirate movies anymore because they're very expensive. And then to have someone be like, we're making a movie based off of a ride Mm -hmm. in Disneyland and we're going to have Johnny Depp be in it. And people, again, this is just coming from my perspective, I had never known who Johnny Depp was. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like my parents and people like around that age had, but it's like he hadn't been in anything like big blockbustery in a really long time. And even, he, I'm not even sure if he's been in things that you would consider blockbuster material, like popcorn summer go movie. Um, yeah. So. I mean, more uh, arty. Tim Burton, yeah. Fair. I mean, because uh, Tim Burton doesn't really have that reputation as much anymore. Yeah. But he was definitely considered a little more uh, for the weird people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it was like, it was kind of one of those things where it was lightning in a bottle. Of You had a perfect mix of like, hey, the story's really fun. Uh, the director knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, this is like a theory that I've heard going around and I think it it totally applies to this if you get like quote unquote horror or indie directors and you give them the reins to something that is you know kind of out of their wheelhouse like let's say a pirate movie or some Mm -hmm. sort of like action adventure movie they're really really good at it because they know how to hit the right beats to build suspense and like intrigue and so like Gore Verbinski is like a really really good director and I think he's oddly underrated particularly with like this movie like he doesn't get enough credit for like the work that he did i think he doesn't really make the kind of movies that get that kind of respect yeah is the main thing yeah because a lot of the movies he's done including you know some of the pirates ones Mm -hmm. uh were very well received i think people did think he did a good job yeah it's just like the fact that those are the projects he chose in the first place Mm -hmm. means there's like a limit Mm. to the level of acclaim (laughs) that can be achieved that's true it's a, a damn shame. He is like a genre director, you know, a spectacle sort of mm-hmm. director. Yeah. But yeah, it's like a combo of having like, kind of, a, everybody seems to be like from left field. And yet it's a cast that works really well. And it's kind of great because it's a combo of like unknowns, kind of growing big superstars in the making. And then like people who were really big but really good character actors that haven't done anything in a while and now they're just kind of on screen and you Mm -hmm. get this awesome thing that was very very well explained thank (laughs) you that's your story (laughs) that's my story it's about seeing it yeah Yeah. so i guess we can break it down because um we don't really i i'm assuming we don't have to go over the plot because no no we don't you should you should have already seen this guys back in 2003 i'm just saying no judgment if you haven't but I feel like it plays all the time on TV, too. Yeah. So, like, you can't avoid it. It's a pop culture no, uh, juggernaut. Pirates but, are mm. cursed. They are. They want to not be cursed. Mayhem That's it, and you know. fun and high time adventure <laughs> ensues. Boom. Some people end up being related to yeah. people. They didn't know that. And yeah, some people are wily. Some people like big hats with really and, big fun. Uh, you know, it all ends with love mm. and adventure and mm-hmm. swashbuckling. And it's great. Yeah. It's fun as hell. So, uh, I guess we should start with, who is your favorite character in this particular entry of the series? Well, it's a hard question, I know. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but Mine's um, Jack, yeah. the monkey. 
Oh, that's <laughs> I'm pretty lying. tricky. Okay, you go ahead. Using that same joke from the movie. I know. <laughs> um, yes, mine is Jack, the mm. captain version, because I think every You're single person You're telling me you don't is. think the monkey is a captain? Well, he might be. I think he's a I captain. I don't really know how monkey hierarchy works. Something the other movies did not really flesh out. No, no. So we'll never know. They did have him, though. They did. Anyway. Yeah, surprisingly so. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, you know, it's it's Captain Jack Sparrow because he is he's great and he's basically the reason why the movie was so good. Mm-hmm. Not that it didn't have lots of other nice qualities. Mm. And of course, I'm sure we will talk in the future about the merits of Captain Jack Sparrow in future installments of mm-hmm. this series. But yeah. uh, he's basically perfect in the first one, and you know he works. You know Johnny Depp got a best. Actor nomination. That's really weird for this kind of movie. Exactly. I that's, think that's. I think people don't realize like how big this movie yeah. was, because he got a freaking nomination for it, which I honestly think is well deserved, especially for the first movie. Oh, yeah. But like, for those are the type of like role that he got. You usually don't get nominated for yeah. that for best actor. It's usually for like supporting, because like the supporting mm-hmm. acting nominations are arguably where like all the fun characters get nominated, like the fun movie roles. Regardless of whether people deserve it more than everyone else, I I think I always approve of those sorts of roles, mm-hmm. getting nominated for that kind of thing. Yeah. Just because it feels like it brings variety. You know, anything like comedy, it's it's very hard to win awards for that. Yeah. That's and usually nice. that's what I'm saying is like usually they win it in supporting. They yeah. never get a best actor nom out of it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I obviously would also give it to Jack. This sounds really boring and repetitive, but I will argue that he, and this isn't like a hot take or anything, but um, I think he works best in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And one of the main reasons is is he is not... He's not not driving the plot. He's not the main character. I mean, he is in a way. There, it's kind of more like an ensemble if you think about it. And but he's not driving it. Like Will and Elizabeth are driving it, and I think that is something that becomes a problem later on in the series. Of um, and I think that is also you know it's kind of a a double-edged sword. Is his character became so popular? He's one of the most iconic like 21st century like film characters to come out of it and so honestly if you're gonna have some sequels come out they want to showcase the most popular character in the series so it does shift focus after the first one onto him and he's he's also generally more nuanced in the first one yes i i do think that carries through pretty well Hmm. but by the time they're at now they've definitely um lost it yeah. Bit. Yeah. Uh, however, I think the other really important factor is that they're not actually writing for Johnny Depp. Yeah. They just wrote this guy. Yeah. And Which Johnny Depp came in and you know made it weirder than it was meant to be on the page. Yeah. And of course, in any later movies, they're going to be writing for Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow. Yeah. yeah. Which is not quite the same thing, and that happens with pretty much everything, and it doesn't necessarily have to not work, but you can definitely see an effect in this case I think yeah I think it's one of those things where um like you said like the way the character's written on the page is different than how he ended up doing it and that's kind of a you know little fun famous story that everybody knows and it's one of those things where because it's written on the page there's certain parameters that he can get away with and so he Mm -hmm. gets to play a little bit more without going into like cartoon land whereas like 
future installments, I think the parameters get wider and wider for him because the character is so popular. They want to do more with him. Yeah. Um, and so I think like the more restricted he is, I, I like him more as a character. Um, and it's fun because obviously like it's the first one. It's the big introduction to all these characters. And the fun thing about Jack is he's super wily and you never quite know where he stands and you kind of always know in the end that like he's more or less good mm-hmm. he's a, he's got a little gray morality every now and then but in the end like he, he's gonna get it right you there's know? uh this is a weird comparison mm. i'm thinking of other movie series yeah uh maybe it's because it's around the same time i thought of austin powers mm. but i think uh issue that comes up in the pirates movies yeah is that there's a lot of things a lot of scenes that captain jack is in yeah involved with and things he does yeah. that became very popular mm-hmm. and uh, kind of iconic in their own little way. And of course that means that almost all of them became future in-jokes and or things to be topped. Like, you know, in each movie, mm-hmm. he has to have an entrance. Yes. And some of the things he says, like parlay yes. and stuff like that, yeah. you know, become things that come up again yes. in our future jokes. And that doesn't mean that they aren't fun some of them in their second iteration. Yeah. But once you're doing it again, again. <laughs> you really start to see the fact that, you know, this is this unexpected performance has been turned into a formula essentially. Yes. And each time they do it, it's like here's the greatest hits we know everybody yeah. wants to hear and see. Uh, he has to talk about rum, you know, or yes. something like that. Exactly. All that stuff. And it's impressive that a movie that wasn't trying to do that uh, came up with so many things that people latched onto like that in the first place. Yeah. In the more modern context, is as if you know they wrote moments to be made into gifts. Yeah, <laughs> or exactly. Or something. Yeah. But they didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. Um, but in the future movies, you know, they did do it on yeah. purpose, essentially. With, with more intention. Yeah. I think the biggest difference between him, really, and the other movies, mm-hmm. is just that he's a little dangerous in the first one. Yes. And of course, once you've seen the first one, you already know he ended up. You know, doing the right thing. Yeah. You know that's not going to change. Yeah. Uh, they try to play with it a little bit. You know, it's not entirely unsuccessful later. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, it's it's not really the same because now you know the audience it's is the there to see him. It's the most effective in the first one because yeah. it's like the equivalent of showing someone a magic trick, and you're just like, whoa, that was so cool. I wasn't sure because this is the first time I've ever seen it. But the more you show the magic trick, the more you're like, okay, we know how this is going to yeah. go. And he's just going to, you know, become cuddlier and sillier and sort of generally Weirder. have his teeth taken out. Yes. Yeah. And um, some of that's really fun anyway, I think. Yeah. But it's not quite the same thing as, you know, your viewpoint character being Will yeah. and him sort of thinking, I don't know what this guy's going to do yeah. <laughs> or if I can trust him at all. Yeah. And, and that's something they try and, like, expand on in the sequels, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, where they're like, let's really ramp this up. Let's have people betraying people yeah. left and right, which is like fine, but in execution, it gets muddled. Whereas in this one, the original, it's very, very clear cut. Yeah. Like, Barbosa is a bad guy. Will and Elizabeth aren't the good people. Norrington is good, but he's kind of freaking annoying because he's not, he's not, he's no fun, guys. I think in the, I those other ones, fun. it's it's fun. Yeah. It's just not necessarily a, like dramatically gripping. Yeah. Uh, it's not you're not, you're not wondering. Yeah. You're not wondering how it's going to turn out. You're not thinking like, are they all going to kill each other? Yeah. You know, that's not going to really happen. It's a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. You, you, uh, you know, that they'll probably end up on the same side after they work it out. So it feels more like a, a game they're playing, you know, yeah. like of let's have fun betraying it's each like other. It's like tag. <laughs> <laughs> playing a game of tag. And uh, it's, it's different. 
Yeah. But, you know, I suppose we should focus more on movie number one. Yes. And all that. We'll talk about it. And if we take Jack out of the equation, by the way, Mm. my favorite character is Norrington. Oh, really? Actually. Yeah, because I love him. Norrington's great. um, I feel like with the first movie being so big and then Jack becoming such a big character, um, you kind of don't really... I feel like people don't give enough credit to the other characters in the movie. Yeah, they don't. Because, like, obviously Barbosa, they kind of change his character throughout the Mm -hmm. rest of the series. Mm -hmm. But I really love him in the first one because he's, like, full-on bad guy, but he's really fun. And, like, you can tell, like he's one of the older statesmen so it's like or more experienced actor yeah uh, he's been around and it's like him and johnny depp are the two that get to have like the most fun because they're the most extreme characters and yeah. um and they they have they do a really good job going toe to toe with like always i feel like i mean a lot of scenes are entertaining but whenever there's a scene with the two of them in it together especially in the first movie it's always a lot of fun yeah um and i feel like he probably gets a probably second credit yeah, for being like yeah. good for later on in the series but yeah norrington totally doesn't get enough credit there's just a lot of funny people it's it's one of the impressive things about the movie you know even as the the two groups of double act guys yeah. like they make sure that there's someone everywhere at all times that can be funny mm-hmm. or, or bring something like that to it yeah. Which is the balance, really, that makes it work. Because we have our heroes, Will, yes. Elizabeth, yeah. who are both quite serious. Yes. I mean, and Elizabeth is a little bit more fun than Will. Yeah. But they're still, they're both very sincere. And they're yes. both very, they're young, they're young people that mm-hmm. have a lot of drama and emotion mm-hmm. in their thoughts and minds. Yes. And um, they are always made sure to be uh, surrounded by Colorful people who aren't, yeah, who aren't like that. Yeah. To play off. Which means that, like, I mean, I suppose if you ask me, Will and Elizabeth do generally work the whole time in three movies. Like, yeah. it's not like there's a significant issue of you thinking, like, ugh, get them off the screen or anything. However, there's definitely a little bit more, like with Will and the other movies, of, uh, oh, this scene's a bit of dramatic, you know, this is a bit more of a slog. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the first one he pretty much always is perfect. You know, he's always just sincere enough for you to also be able to laugh at him at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone else usually is. Yeah. I would also um, like to point out that, like, I think, this is going to sound silly, I think it helps that he is the best swordsman. And they even say it, like, in the canon, like, Will Turner, out of all of uh-huh. the pirates and everybody, is the best swordsman. I believe you. And so it's <laughs> nice because, like, when you get someone who's kind of, like, sincere the straight man quote-unquote goody goody two-shoes because you know that's his role and his whole journey is to eventually accept being a pirate and just you know have fun with it well but since he is so sincere i think it helps having him literally have an edge by being the best swordsman because you're like hey even though he's sincere and good like he's pretty dangerous Mm -hmm. and so i think it makes him more entertaining to watch on screen because when he is fighting people it's not like oh will you just don't like you're (laughs) not really a match against anybody but it's like no you are you can handle yourself really well it's like his his mistakes are all in you know his inability to uh bargain with people and things he doesn't understand how to get what he Needs yeah, he doesn't quite people. know how to navigate but he is in the good world. At, he's good at fighting. Yeah, yes. he's like a blunt object. Yes, uh, um, he's great. I really like him, and I would also defend that again. Him and Elizabeth, especially him, don't get enough credit for those characters in the series, because later on in the series you will have a similar 
romantic pair that is not them and they don't work as well so there's just something about mm-hmm. those two characters where like there's just enough of a personality between them and there's enough chemistry between them and how they work within the unit of the world that is just can't really be matched in the other series yeah entries. Well, I, they do have good chemistry you know like doesn't get remarked upon that often yeah I think they do. I feel, you know, authentically awkward around each other at first. <laughs> yeah. And and then they, like, feel less so later. There, mm-hmm. there is an actual progression. It doesn't feel like an accident, you know? Yeah, I like how both of their their uh, character arcs are being, like, they're finally entering the world that they've always belonged in. Yeah. And, like, with Elizabeth, she's always been like, I'm so excited. I've always, like, been fascinated by pirates. And she even mentions, like, when she's, on the island with Jack, like, she reads up on pirates. She's, like, a little pirate fangirl nerd. It's great. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like she longs for that freedom, and I don't think she was ever truly expecting to get it, but she got it, and it's great. It's like she found her freedom through this adventure by being a pirate, and she's less restricted. And it's the same exact thing with Will. It's like he literally cannot talk to her (laughs) in, like, the first couple scenes because he's like, oh, my God, it's so constricted by, like, the social constraints of like where they are in classes mm-hmm. like he's a blacksmith she's the governor's daughter and even though they had this friendship or at least some kind of relationship when they were younger because she's the one that found him in mm-hmm. the water it's like as her dad says like he always has to have a sense of um, propriety yeah, yeah. and she's always trying to break that just to talk to him and so it's really nice by like the end of the movie they're like you know what we can actually talk to each other more or less, mm-hmm. now that we've gone through this adventure, and we're both like, you know what? Being a pirate kind of gives us this freedom outside of the social restrictions. I liked it. Yeah. So, <laughs> also, like, Elizabeth is psh, such a badass. I love her so much. There's um, a great mix with her, I think, mm-hmm. of her um, attitude mm-hmm. and what she's actually capable of. Because, of course, on one level, you know, she should not be able to actually like fight as well as Will can, you yes. know, because that's not how she was brought up. Yes. Um, but on the other hand, she's still, you know, she she is not without any skill yeah. or anything. And she, um, I was thinking of scenes like when she's running um, away from the pirates at the beginning, mm-hmm. and she grabs the decorative the sword. sword off the wall that does not come <laughs> no! out of its case. Where it's this great mix of like you both feel like, oh man, like she could do she's this. gonna do it, she's gonna take him, but I then it punctures a, a little beat. bit, you know, yeah. to say. Uh, but of course, like this isn't really her world, at least not yet. Like she, yeah. she doesn't quite have it right. <laughs> yes, I do appreciate though that she, like I said, is a little pirate nerd girl, and yeah. it actually saves her ass multiple times, despite not being fully thrust into the world. <laughs> like she uses parlay; she's the first one to use that, and yeah. like she like <laughs> word vomits what that means, and the pirates are like, "We know the code," and she's like, "Well, you have to follow it." So, and um. And she's always kind of doing pushback against pirates because I think she has this expectation of what the world is going to be. Mm. It's kind of like a fantasy of like, oh, they have this code and they have to follow through yeah. on this. If you know the rules, you'll be fine. Yes, basically. and then they're like, it's more general <laughs> guidelines. And so it's fun to see her enter this world, realize it is not what she expected, and then still be able to thrive in it and manipulate it in the end mm-hmm. um, to kind of work to her advantage. So that's, I really like that. I think she's fun because she is technically, quote-unquote, like the damsel in distress character in this. She gets kidnapped by pirates. She's the governor's daughter. If you look at traditional, like, classic Hollywood pirate movies, it's always the governor's daughter, man. (laughs) They're always getting kidnapped. 
you know, and fallen in love with the pirate, but it's refreshing to see them kind of like apply that and then tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Not like completely subvert it to be like, yeah, she's still like these things happen to her, but she's still like trying to figure it out and and work it to her advantage. And it's it's really the same balance, I think. It's it's that thing of like giving her the space to show that she is strong and a good character mm-hmm. while, you know, not breaking the narrative with yeah. it. Like she gets to have a, you know, tense dinner conversation with Barbosa mm-hmm. where she, you know, gets to show off some steeliness and yeah. like impress you. Uh, and even, you know, actually stab him. Yeah, but of course, with jelly-looking yeah. blood. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, obviously, uh, well, he can't die. Yes. And also, even if she had, like, obviously, she would still be on the ship full of pirates. It's, like, it's impressive that it can work within that boundary of, like, she's not going to win in this current situation. Mm-hmm. But there's still room for her to show that, like, if, if she was not at such a disadvantage, she might do quite well, you yes. know. Uh, you can see that inside her regardless. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I love it. It's clever. It's very clever. Yes. I'm a fan. Kind of like how Will is not super s- stupid or anything. Yeah. He he just isn't as smart as Jack. But that's because he doesn't have experience. Yeah. But it's like they both, it's like Will and Elizabeth both have these skill sets that could work in the world. They just don't have the experience to back it up yet. Yeah. Like Elizabeth knows pirate politics, more or less, and that'll get expanded upon later. But she doesn't realize that not everybody is going to adhere to it the way she thinks they should. And the same yeah. with Will. Yeah, he's he does like, that too. He's the best swordsman, and he gets really annoyed with Jack because he's like in a fair engagement yeah. I would have killed you and then as Jack points out it's not my incentive to fight fair then yeah. and so it's like both of them being like this is how the world works and this is how we engage with the world yeah. and then when we're thrust into this adventure we realize oh that's not how it works but we can still like he, he thinks you know it's a duel yeah. like in royal court yes and, <laughs> and Jack's like I'm gonna throw sand in your yeah. face bitch gentlemanly guidelines yes um which does not apply to pirates. No, know, it does not. Pirates. Not at all. Um, so those, are, those are our main three. We like them a lot. Yes. I think they balanced each other very well. I feel like, uh, I know we talked about this in the other podcast, but I really like this movie because it's like, it's a, you get mainly unknowns, but everybody is in the same movie. Like, they're all, I think, pitch perfect on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, if anything, like... I would imagine filming people would be like, what the hell is Johnny doing? But you're like, no, 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 this actually all works really well. Yeah. Like, there's not one person that seems a little off or out of it. They think it's a tone. Yeah. Which it seems like for almost everyone is sort of like both sincerely playing into the, the cheesiness of your classic character type mm-hmm. while at the same time being self-aware about it in a way. Yeah. But it's not in like a winking way. It isn't like they're... They're making lots of snide comments yeah, about it's not meta stuff or like that. It's it's a tricky balance. I mean, it's like a movie like Princess Bride or something, yeah. which is actually meta. Yeah. Where, like, um, they just, they'll play certain things straight, mm-hmm. but it's like they have somehow created an environment where the audience feels like we're all in it together. Yeah. And so it's okay when it's played straight, and it's okay when it's a comedy beat instead. Yeah. Uh, like all the adjustments make sense Mm -hmm. and that's actually something that I think is pretty much maintained very well through the second and third they have other issues but I actually think the the balance of that Mm -hmm. is still very good like there there aren't any 
new things added that make you think like, well, this doesn't fit at all in this universe. You might think like that's doesn't work quite as well, but it definitely all feels like part of it's relevant. Yeah, this universe it feels correct for mm-hmm. what they've set up. I think. Yeah, I think what I love so much about the first one is, and it's kind of something you you won't realize until you watch the other ones because you didn't know what was coming after this one. Is yeah. the first one is I think much more grounded in reality as much as it can be yeah. for the world that it's built and it's less it doesn't really lean too much into the fantastical side mm. it's like it has very very um, strict guidelines yeah, for the pirates and it's like even though they're undead pirates like these are the rules for them yeah. and it's it's obviously like it's a big part of the story but it doesn't take completely take over the story well, um, and because so much of that stuff takes place like where it takes place yes um, it enables the story to have that uh, thing going where no one is sure if stories are true, you know, about the, the Black Pearl crew. Yeah. Uh, you, you're seeing, you know, what's actually going on, but it's like the illusion is maintained mm-hmm. that nothing supernatural is going on in the world. I yes. think you feel that, like, at the end of the movie, you know, if, if you hadn't seen what just happened, this could just be the end to a normal, non-supernatural Yes, this could be a very straightforward... Yeah. You're Pirate back movie. in, you know, wherever it's called. The fort at Yeah, you're, you're back there, and it's like, this is all very period-appropriate stuff happening. Yes. It's not weird. Yeah. It's like all that crazy supernatural stuff happened out, you know, in the mystical Realm island the land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they've sort of returned to grounded, normal home, you know, yeah. which is even, of course, part of the ending. Like, at, when it begins, it's like Elizabeth appears to be, you know, back in her former role. Like, she's returned to normal mm-hmm. but of course as you, you know by the time that scenes end they have decided they don't want those roles anymore yeah. basically yeah yeah it's great which provides a ooh a exciting underneath narrative reason for it to become more fantastical in movie two mm-hmm. I just like <laughs> that um, there's this tension throughout the entire movie of um, what is myth and, and, and what is actually yeah. reality because the running joke is Jack got marooned on an island. Yeah. yeah. And then he leaves via sea turtles. (laughs) And everybody just is like, what? Are you kidding me? And then the reality of it is, like, Elizabeth's really disappointed because he spent three days on a beach drinking rum and, like, bartered a passage from some rum rummers. And so she's kind of, like, bummed because she's like, you're, like, this great pirate (laughs) I read about. And, like, we've heard all these, like, crazy things that you've done. Is any of it real? And he's just, like there's a certain truth to it like yeah he technically got off the island but then there's a fantastical element mm. that you don't believe and it's kind of like you said the same thing with like the black pearls everybody's just like there's it's like captained by the man so yeah. evil like hell's bottom mm. out it's got black sails and it's like there's certain elements of these stories that are correct like the, arguably yeah like barbosa is technically damned because they're cursed and it's like bits and pieces of this are real but other pieces are fantastical and so it's kind of a fun push-pull in the world to be like okay what what exists what doesn't exist i think part of that grounded feeling also comes from the fact that uh the curse is broken at the end so when you get to the end actually all those characters who were supernatural are now normal guys again yes (laughs) and it definitely makes it feel like well, like at that end part of the movie, it's like, well, the supernatural part's been resolved, yes. and now let's just wrap up the rest of it. Yeah, which could literally, as we said, be a normal pirate yeah. movie. You know? I also think, um, again, with the first one, there was never... Um, they didn't 
I don't think they were expecting to make a sequel. No, I didn't think so. And they were going to see how it was going to play out, and then they made a sequel. Yeah. And so, like, this one, it literally feels like a one-off adventure. Like, like you said, like, we start here, they go through this fun adventure, they come back home, and then they realize, this isn't for us, and then you could end it there and be like, and then they went off and had fun pirate adventures. Yeah. I mean, and it could still feel like there's a little bit more reality to it. Yeah, it's, it's just the curse, and of course, you know, cool skeleton visuals aside, yeah. if you didn't do that, it really, all it is is, um, these guys are immortal. Yeah. Which is really pretty tame as far as supernatural stuff goes. And like especially you could, compared to what comes next. Yeah, you could portray it as, as with if you didn't, as I said, the visuals, you know, it would literally just look the same as a normal pirate movie, mm-hmm. but, like, they wouldn't be dying. Yeah. And that's very different from, I think, pretty smartly, what they did when they had to come up with more was kind of think um what are like other crazy myth legend things that are related to the sea yes (laughs) that we can use Mm. in our movie that Um, being said sorry i didn't mm -hmm. mean to cut you off there um this movie holds up pretty well in terms of effects oh yeah it looks great um obviously like some things you can tell are like they look good, but you can tell they're not actually physically there. Like, some parts of the, with the skeletons, you're like, oh, this doesn't look quite right. But, like, overall, I mean, this movie came out in 2003. It's over 15 years old. And it looks yeah. great. And I mean, it's because they used a lot of practical stuff when they could. Yeah. I can't say I particularly was taken out of it by anything no. when we watched it this time. Um, I'm guessing that's because the skeleton scenes are pretty much entirely filmed at night. Yes. Uh, as we know, that is a very useful strategy for just about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see how perhaps it's not impressive in the same way, you know? You're not like, wow, because, of course, people have done similar things. Uh-huh. But I certainly don't think it doesn't look good. Yeah. It's just like I take it for granted now. Yeah. I actually really appreciate in the final fight between um, Jack and Marbosa. It's a set piece that I love because with the play of light, where like especially when they're they're roll like one of them kicks him and then he rolls down the hill of like oh, points yeah. and their spotlight, and it looks like it's normal, it's guilt, and it's normal, and it's just like it's they use it almost sparingly to be like, hey, here's the gimmick, but we're not going to oversell it. Yeah, and we're we're going to do it to serve he the isn't story. And get literally the fighting across. a skeleton the whole time. Yeah, or like, like it that. switches in and out, and that's like it's a really cool visual treat because it's it's a fun little like. It's impressive to see mm. how they did it. Well, it's like an understanding that, you know, really the enjoyment and the, the charisma of it comes from the actors. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's better, really, to have them there yes. most of the time. It's not better to replace Jeffrey Rush with a special effect yeah. when you can have his actual face right exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Do you have, um, do you have, like, a favorite scene? A favorite scene? Yeah. Um, hmm. I have a favorite scene in the drama category. Okay, which yeah, break it down. I think is the uh, essentially the f- fundamental difference between this one almost and the other two, which mm-hmm. I've talked about with you before, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is just the, at the very end when Jack shoots Barbosa. Yes. It is a far more dramatic moment than anything, I think, in any of the sequels, really. Yeah. It, uh,. Is almost like it matches very well with the whole grounded fantastical thing we're talking about because that's right after, of course, they have broken the curse mm-hmm. and, he's and the fantastical stuff is gone. And it also feels like you briefly see this part of Jack that you never really see again. Yeah. Where it's like he's, he's very serious. silly, silly guy, but like uh, he has a look on his face like 
you know, he kind of really, I would describe it as like hatred and also like satisfaction, you know, like I did it. Well, I mean, Um, if you look about it in context, like he even says it multiple times, like, hey, I've been carrying around this pistol with one shot for a super long time. And like he even threatens Will with it at one point and he goes and makes the point of like, this shot is not meant for you. That's also also a very good serious bit actually because you can tell that there is something there. And Will even gives him a look like, what? What is this guy about? It's like he's letting you see the the real him, um, which is partially why some of the later uh, things they did with him are irritating, because it's like you're saying the real him is actually just a silly guy, Yeah. when it feels like that's not what the point was meant to be. Yeah. You know, it's more of a cover, if anything. Yeah. And um, I've always loved the idea that he's kind of like a drunken master type (laughs) where it's like yeah he's a little eccentric and kooky and no he's like crazy like a fox but i love the idea that especially and it's i think it's just like never better than the first one where he's always one step ahead of everybody and he's probably not as drunk or as crazy as he lets on and that's something that i think gets grounded with that scene where he actually does shoot Barbosa, and I don't think I ever see it again in any other movies I mean there is always the in- impression that he is one step ahead of everybody he's very still too yes it's almost like a lot of his flopping no around flailing. is is fake or yeah. for a distraction or something yeah and uh yeah and it's also just a good scene because like um Jeffrey Rush is really good in oh, it yeah. and I think it really um gets a good feeling going of something that is in general good about the movie which is that uh, even though they're the villains you you do kind of feel like it does seem like it sucks that uh they all can't you know really feel anything you know yeah. well, when Jeffrey Rush earlier talks about that it feels like a real thing that you can have empathy about like you can't taste anything you can't feel anything you yeah. know it's like technically they're immortal and that's nice but like they don't enjoy it at all yeah and it's something about that scene and when he shoots him and there's it's like the music and then you see all the other um pirates, pirates kind of being like oh we're we're human yeah um that i think really gets home the idea that this is kind of like a relief and also sad at the same time yeah. it's, it's just a more complicated sort of emotion than really is we got the bad guys yeah in the other movies it's it's those little nuances that basically are what makes it a a cut above yeah Yeah. i also think it's important because people don't really talk about it as much as i would like to because i just want to talk about pirates all the time (laughs) but like you said the ending for the bad guys is a little bit more complicated especially if you consider that the crew isn't a hundred percent behind Barbosa the whole time mm-hmm. like when they get really frustrated every time they make the attempt to lift <laughs> the curse which is you know kind of also played for kicks it's like they said every decision you've led has led us from bad to worse mm-hmm. so it's like it's really frustrating to be in the situation where like yeah you're a pirate you're on the crew like you you guys did take the treasure you're not completely at fault here but there's something really kind of um interesting and complicated and sad to be like hey, these guys just want to lift this curse. Are they great guys? No, not really. But, like, it's really Barbosa that's kind of the driving force. And so to go from, like, okay, we're immortal, we're doing this shit, to the curse is lifted. We've now all been captured. Yeah. It's it's tricky because they're not good guys, but you're also like, man, that sucks. Well, it's just good direction. I think there's some of the shots that they just, little reaction shots they get, it creates this feeling like, 
they're all a little conflicted, you know, almost yeah. like they're like, oh, like I think they're we in didn't, shock, we but... didn't really think it was gonna happen, yeah, <laughs> and and it's what we wanted, but now that it has, it's like, right, this actually uh. This changes a lot of things, yeah, doesn't there's, it? There's, con- there's literally consequences <laughs> yeah. now because like one of them dies, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. Some of them are, of course, literally like dying. Yeah. When they weren't a few seconds before. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's good stuff. But uh, that's that was a dramatic scene, and as far as I don't know, it's just enjoyment. That's that's really hard to do for me because I it's love it. it's, fun. it's a very uh, consistently entertaining sort of movie. Mm-hmm. I think we've discussed. Obviously, the biggest set piece is the like big ship battle mm-hmm. that occurs in I guess like the what is that the second action yeah <laughs> I would say so it's the end of the second they act they have to regroup afterwards yeah yeah so. um, you know pretty far into the movie it's it's like the big build up the end is very exciting but like it's it's smaller scale in comparison mm-hmm. and um, obviously that's pretty great I, I do think the end as a whole just the pacing is so good yeah. that it makes it very exciting when Jack and Barbosa are fighting like yeah. it's great the fact that they um they kind of have these multiple things going on at once yeah with um the pirates on the ship and even little things inside like they're fighting in general but also like you have a uh, governor like fighting his little hands yeah. inside and uh, everybody gets a piece in it yeah it feels like there's um an impressive i guess pacing considering the fact that there are kind of a lot of moving pieces going on at mm-hmm. that point in time i also appreciate that everything is i think pretty clear because if you have that many moving pieces for a final set piece where you're literally have like main characters in different locations and mm-hmm. they're all fighting, it's like you care about all of them. Ge- geographically, you know where all of them are. And I think that's kind of impressive because a lot like nowadays, a lot more modern, bigger blockbusters are kind of get muddled down. And mm-hmm. you're just like, wait, what is this character doing? Where are they going? Yeah. And like this one is straightforward to me. Uh, it always strikes me like at the very end, right before that complicated thing where like yeah, you know Jack is taking the coins mm-hmm. I don't even remember at this point what like who has the coin they they toss it to him mm-hmm. or he tosses it to Will he tosses it to Will Will cuts Will, his hand he drops it in because Jack has a medallion and Will has a medallion yeah and so Will has the medallion the whole time they're fighting. Jack has his. He does the fun little finger twirl thing of couldn't mm-hmm. resist it. And then they fight and fight and fight. And then he throws, he slices it, throws it to Will. Will slices his, drops yeah. the two coins. Just the way it all plays out. Like it, you, it's, it's you quite can impressive. follow it, I mean, which is insane. Elizabeth is there too. Yeah. And you have these different characters and they, they all have slightly different motivations. But at this moment, it's been built up well enough that a bunch of stuff like that can happen really fast. And, and it's followable, yeah. And, yeah. and you you get what's happening. And yeah, it's surprising because there's a lot, if you think about it and break it down, there's quite a bit, there's quite a few moving parts for the mm. final like action set piece. And yet you can follow it and it doesn't get muddled down. And that is something where I feel like it's because the pacing's so good and they've actually taken the time to outline all the characters and what each of them wants more or less. That it's like... It's like okay, we've set up all these pieces. Let's knock them down and have fun with it. And you mm-hmm. don't, and it's not muddled, which is something that is not the case with the <laughs> other ones. Yes. Um, and so I feel like it's a long movie, but they have like it never seems to lag for me um, because they do like enough of a, a good job where you you get enough time to know the characters, but they're never slogged down by too much exposition mm-hmm. or anything. It's like 
things are revealed through action, but you're never overwhelmed by the action. I'm thinking it's a strength of this movie that I find it so hard to pick a favorite scene. Yeah. Because I was just thinking about like the second one, and I thought actually it's super easy for me with that one. Yeah. I can, I can pick it, but yeah. with the first one, it's it's not really like that. It's not like you're watching it thinking like, oh, like I'm just killing time until I get to that part. Yeah. Because well, each th- bit is good. And I feel like each bit is necessary for yeah. the next bit. Like you literally have each scene drives the next scene, and it's like each set piece drives the next one. So like if you think about it in the very beginning where Jack first shows up, and you know. The set piece, it literally triggers with, okay, so Elizabeth falls from the tower. Jack dives in to save her. <laughs> yeah. He gets arrested. He threatens her. He escapes, swings around on that thing, <laughs> zip lines down, and then he's fighting Will. Whereas, yeah. like, I feel like in other movies, it would be, like, that whole drop and then capturing her and escape is one massive set piece. Yeah. But the fact that it bleeds into another one and it actually like logically makes sense to jump from escape to hiding in the blacksmith mm-hmm. room to fighting well is like they all bleed into each other to the point where there's not one massive standout moment where yeah. it's like this is my favorite action part. I think it's fair to say that the blacksmith's fight yes. is the most you know impressively fun choreographed bit. Yes obviously and they had a lot of fun i think in the other movies with trying to come up with similar stuff yeah so that's definitely that one for this movie and and that's the most fun in that sense yeah as you say that whole whole opening sequence is really quite exciting i think that's a big part of i don't know the the part of why the movie was received very well anyway it is really quite immediate yeah it's very easy to start it and kind of be like this is already fun yes it's already working it doesn't really need to build up long so it's very easy to get people on board with it and mm-hmm. it's very um, economical with its storytelling it doesn't really overcomplicate yeah. anything i feel like i'm going to just say i think i have a strong fondness for actually the bit where he and will steal the ship in the first place oh my god so that's my favorite shot elegant about the way that they uh you know pretend like they're stealing one ship so they can take the other one yeah and really early in the movie it makes you feel like what the guy says you're like wow jack sparrow He's a pretty great pirate. Yeah. Like, it makes you think, like, he's very smart, and I don't even know if I quite know how much he can pull off at this point. Yeah. But I kind of believe it could be just about anything. Yeah. I What I really like about that scene of uh, him and Will stealing the ship is it's funny <laughs> because it's the first time where it's, like, the, the gang's pairing up and they're they're working together. But I really appreciate that they take the time where Will goes, like, by the way, I can quote this entire movie. <laughs> he goes, we're going to steal a ship? That ship? He's like, commandeer. We're going to commandeer that ship. It's a nautical term. So it's like, let's get on this mentorship program, guys. Yeah. But what I love is they, they take a beat for Jack to essentially say, like, I'm planning this already, guys. Because he's been planning it since he landed at Port Royal. Yeah. He's looking between the Dauntless and the Interceptor. Yeah, he wants to know about them. You know, he's like, yeah. tell and, me the, the yeah, pros and cons. Yeah, tell me, tell me about this. And it's funny because it's like, I think people forget, like, there's always the assumption that, oh, yeah, he's like 10 steps ahead of everybody. Mm. But it's nice to see them in the first movie take the beats to be like, oh, no, he's planning this. There is kind of a a, a spontaneity to it. But he has already come up with an idea. And he's literally telling Will, like, hey, this is what we're doing. And so it's nice to see it and not 100% get what he's doing. And then once it gets pulled off, you're like, Damn, it, it's the earned line of, like, that's got to be the best pirate I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, one of the many of yeah. those jokes. Yes. That gets repeated. Yes. <laughs> Although, actually, one of my 
one of my favorites mm. of those jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's a good scene for me, and uh, that is my favorite. What's your favorite? Sh- scene? My favorite shot in the movie is when it's during that sequence is when Will says, "Here they come," and then um, Jack turns and grins because it's just like that encompasses my entire feeling about the movie. <laughs> is it's just like we're gonna have some fun today, aren't we? Um, but I think one of my favorite scenes is probably when you have um, Jack and Elizabeth stuck on the island drunkenly singing A Pirate's Life for me um, because it's it's such a, a little interlude it's in such movie. a it's like it's a fun interlude but it's also a really good character beat for him yeah. and it's a great character beat yeah, for her too because is. you I love it the look that she gets when she looks at the ball of the run and then it just cuts them singing around like the bonfire her secret plan her secret <laughs> yeah. plan to outdrink him which and uh, I, I love when they are both drinking, and she's yes. just looking at him while he drinks to yeah, make sure he's drinking. Yeah, she's just like, oh, God, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's nice because it gives a good beat for her to be like, hey, she's pretty crafty yeah. herself. She's got she's got some uh, little pirate clever streak going on there. And um, and it also combines her love of being, a, like I said, pirate nerd girl. Uh because she, of course, would know a pirate song. A <laughs> uh, totally opposing Elizabeth moment. Mm. Uh, find it quite entertaining when she tries to get the other pirates to go along with her. Yeah. Very gung ho, and then they're just not. They're just not holding doing back, it. and then she she takes on Barbosa's wisdom and says they're more like guidelines anyway. It's uh, it's it's, it's basically great. her version of the part where Will says, "I avast." Yes. <laughs> and they're all just kind of like. They're like you're new. You're aren't new you? here, aren't yeah. you? That that doesn't work. Um, but I love that scene with. Uh, and I think it's also the the scene that they picked for Johnny Depp that they played during the Academy Awards. Like, that's the mm-hmm. clip they submitted is when he's talking about the Black Pearl and the Black Pearl is freedom. Yeah. And I just love it because it's this beautiful bouncing act of him being really silly and trying to yeah. be seductive. He literally does, like, a Pepe Le Pew, <laughs> like, let's twirl my mustache and, you know, try and hit on you. But it's, like, there's it's also, like, almost a crack there. And it's the same with him saying, yeah. like, this shot is not meant for you. It's like, no, he desperately, desperately loves this ship and mm-hmm. what it means to him. And so it's just like, I think it's a really fine bouncing act and a well, like, the tone of the scene is perfect. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's a very good score in that scene, too. Oh, the score. Which obviously is good. I don't think we even need to talk about it. Everyone likes it. You people, know? here's the thing, though, people. People always think that Hans Zimmer did the first one, mm-hmm. which... He did a lot of it, but he is not um, yeah. credited for it's Klaus. it. Sir Klaus, Sir Klaus, yes. Badelt. Yeah. Who you know, I could be wrong. I think he was sort of one of the people that Hans Zimmer worked with. You yes. know, like one of his uh, co-people. Yeah. And um, yeah, he, Hans was supposed to do it, right? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Or I believe that, that he was busy. Yeah. Um. So it's a bit unclear. Um. Maybe someone knows. I'm not sure if, like, who wrote the you know, big famous theme. I'm mm-hmm. not sure who's exactly responsible. Yeah. But But then Hans takes over for the rest yeah. of the series. Well it's I feel like it must be a mix because like looking at his work on two and three. Yeah. You can tell that he does really love, you know, some of the themes that were in the first one. Mm-hmm. But at the same time he does seem quite intent to kinda come up with new ones. Yeah. I mean so, they, he literally comes up with a new love theme for like yeah. Lone Elizabeth and the later ones. It, it feels like a mix to me. Like uh, he definitely had more of a hand in it than it would appear from you know, looking at the credits of the soundtrack. Yeah. But I'm guessing that he did probably delegate a bunch of it because um, otherwise he probably wouldn't have been like, oh, okay, I really want to put my stamp on it now, you know, right. which he does seem to do with the, um, 
second one. E- even the, yeah, like, the, third one's great the actual style mm-hmm. is kind of a little different. Like, it's more consistent in the second and third, just, but the kind of, um, instruments he uses and things, mm-hmm. uh, it's different. This is, like, a weird little thing, but I think it's potentially relevant. I feel like the, the soundtrack for the first movie. Yeah. It's more like, here's a bunch of snippets. Like, all the bits are, like, three minutes long four minutes long at the most generally yeah Yeah. it's like here is a basic rundown this is a big movie here are the big themes that everyone wants to hear whereas if you listen to like the dead man's chest soundtrack he's thrown like his eight minute long (laughs) song for the kraken on there it feels much more like he's kind of like i am the composer (laughs) and like i wrote some really long super complicated pieces and you're gonna hear them (laughs) yeah you're gonna learn today, damn it. Yeah. What I really appreciate about this movie is the, like I said, it is a throwback to the old pirate movies. It's got an edge to it, and I also, we should talk about Bob Anderson. So let's put a pin in that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is the score, and nowadays you don't really have iconic scores, um, like with big franchises. Like, a, the best example is probably the Marvel ones. There are a few, like, obviously, like, the Avengers theme. Yeah. You can, you if I say the Avengers theme, you probably can hear it. But having a single theme out of, like, 20 movies is yeah. kind of sad. Yeah. Whereas, like, with the Pirates movies, it's like, you know where that music is from immediately. And that's something that I think they've kind of lost with big blockbuster yeah. movies nowadays. It was a good era for it. I'm a little yeah. biased about it. <laughs> yeah, same. And obviously, like... Hans Zimmer's Hans Zimmer and all that jazz and there are other really good scores out there nowadays but they're not usually associated with big franchises people uh, adapt to the current style if you look at someone like Hans Zimmer like you know he still does lots of great work but he has moved more and more towards making more atmospheric moody stuff because that's just what people want currently I think and you know back then they wanted Bombast. big melodies and, and that yeah. kind of thing and he provided it but yeah. I just I like that the score also feels almost like a throwback to like remember the rousing adventure scores mm-hmm. you heard like from the 30s and 40s and and like even like the 80s like that adventure score uh, that cues up it bounces and it's like kind of gets in your bones like yeah. that's what I really love about the pirate scores is you can automatically recognize it. Yeah. That's not the case for a um, lot of I mean, movies the nowadays. The main theme is definitely one of the most famous pieces of film music of the century yeah you know, like which is awesome it's and it's immediately identifiable too even something like lord of the rings isn't quite so much about one specific melody you yeah know? pirates i'm sure people would recognize you know some of the other bits yeah but like it's really it's the song it's yeah the single song yeah which is called he's a pirate on the first soundtrack mm-hmm. so i guess that's what it should be known as there you go guys yeah and yeah. uh like people know what that is you know yeah. I, when i was in uh high school mm-hmm. and also college yeah if there was a uh piano around and mm. people were playing on it in this time period someone would be playing that song you really? would hear someone play the pirate's theme it's an extremely common thing like it was a piece catchy enough that it made people want to learn how to play it you yeah know? Um, it sticks in your head yeah. it's fun and it's like it goes so well with the movie it's great i love it it's great yeah um, but I guess we should circle back to Bob Anderson really quick. Who I sure I know who that is. Okay, guys, Bob Anderson is a badass. He's a master fencer. He's an Olympian, and he's <laughs> trained a bunch of people on swords. He has since passed away. It's very sad. 
But this is the dude who taught Errol Flynn how to Uh sword fight. This is the dude who, like, pretty much like any of the big sword fights that you think about. Obviously, there are other um, choreographers. It's him and one other guy whose name I'm blanking on for uh, Princess Bride. But he taught Errol Flynn how to fight. He helped choreograph the scene for the big fight scene in Princess Bride. He taught um, a lot of the Lord of the Rings guys how to fight. He said Mm -hmm. Viggo Mortensen's one of, like, the most talented sword people he's ever had. Um, he did Mask of Zork. Like, he's done so many, and he did Pirates. And it's really cool because, um, obviously, sword fighting movies and stage fighting, it's like, it's playing to the camera. It's not like, oh, we're actually going to kill each other. But there is, like, something great and classical about the way that he does it and choreographed it, where it feels like fun pirate slashing and hacking kind of fun, but there's a Uh finesse to it, and it doesn't feel like we're just hitting swords back and forth. Like, it does feel like kind of a little more looser and a little bit more dangerous. And, um, and they're actually using, like, fencing moves. And it's great. And it makes me very, very happy. And, um, and you're, I'm being told here that Orlando was the best, you say? Well, they say that in the, like, within Will Turner, within the world of uh-huh. the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, is, like, been determined as, like, Will Turner's the best swordsman. Like, if you do, like, a visual dictionary nerd thing of it, they would probably mention that in his, like, stats or something. Uh-huh. Um, What's your opinion? My opinion? (laughs) My unprofessional opinion? Uh, Yeah, he's probably the best one. But um, to be fair, it's kind of tricky to judge because, like, you learn the moves and then you, like, infuse the character in it. So, like, Mm -hmm. even if, like, quote-unquote Johnny Depp is not as good as Orlando Bloom, like, he is infused, like, a fighting style that is Jack Sparrow. Yeah. And so it's, like, he's the only one that can pull that off. And it's definitely the same with like Barbosa with Jeffrey Rush it's like that is how Barbosa fights it's down and dirty and neat it seems like a bit of a hacking yeah like they have <laughs> different fight styles and it's because it's like a reflection of like how the characters fight but like yeah Barbosa is the kind of guy that's going to try to like knock the sword yeah, out of your hands yeah and just like <laughs> whack you um and like I feel like you know Jack's fighting style like he's slippery like yeah and um but I yeah I would argue in my unprofessional opinion will is probably the best yeah. one you can assume that will has like the best posture yes. and is gentleman is probably the most like classically <laughs> trained but also to be fair this is orlando bloom coming off of lord of the rings so yes. he has had a shit ton more fight training than most people have so he's probably confused when like he goes in and it's not an action scene he's yeah. like oh we're he's doing like, talking oh, today we're talking weird okay. yeah um i do also appreciate the fact that um Kira doesn't get a sword in this one mm-hmm. because like you said it it doesn't break the world that they're setting up where it's like yeah she wants to be like cool and defend herself and it doesn't take away from her as a really cool badass character but it makes sense that she doesn't really know how to use the sword yeah. to the point where by the time you hit the sequels she makes a point of saying you know Will taught me how to use a sword right mm-hmm. so it doesn't ever break the world which is really great because then she still gets to have her moment and be really badass with the swords later on. And it's a fun, like character progression to see like, look, she's even more dangerous. This Mm -hmm. is fun. But it's like, it doesn't make sense for her to fight with a sword in the first one. Yeah. So I like that. So yeah. Anywho. You know what? Is there anything else? Sword knowledge. Sword knowledge. You've covered swords, which is a good thing to cover in a pirate thing. I I expect to hear this from you on every instance. Okay. Uh, Copy that. (laughs) Music and all that. Yeah. Uh, you know, talked about how it looks good, yeah. and it's gonna look even better. So, I can talk a lot about how good Dead Man's Chest looks. Yeah, very good looking movie. Oh my god. Um, but this it does look great. I mean, this it just does. Yeah. I know that 
that really is because I think besides the skeletons, mm -hmm. it is quite a lot of practical effects. Yeah, and time. even the sets, too, are really yeah. practical. Like, it's really fun watching the behind-the-scenes of particularly the first movie, because I think everybody's still having fun while they're filming the first movie. Mm -hmm. The second and the third movie looked, like, really, really hard to make. There were a lot of hurricanes. It's like back-to-back, -to -back too. Yeah, and it was just, it's a lot. So yeah. it's fun to go and watch, like, the first ones behind the scenes and be like, watch them build, like, the treasure room set in the cave. It's like, this is nuts. Like, this looks so uh -huh. cool. People don't really make it's so funny to be like people don't make movies like this anymore it's like well they didn't really make them like that anyway back then yeah. either so it's good stuff well it is um i don't know the numbers for the first one exactly but it is one of the most expensive yeah like movie series ever made yeah um still now I yeah think, it also made know. it yeah like they especially because the second and third like they made so much money mm -hmm. that they were willing to put quite a lot back in mm -hmm. you know and that is obviously a large part of why it holds up. Yes. Um, yes. But Filming on location. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it is in that that middle ground where everyone, people aren't that comfortable with using you know constant green screen yet, mm -hmm. even though it can look good. Mm -hmm. But like you know, we're coming off the Phantom Menace and stuff. People mm -hmm. don't like that. And. Um, but you're also coming off Lord of the Rings, so it's like. Yeah, where where. They did so much location filming, and everyone did think it looked good. Yeah. It's definitely an area where that kind of thing is kind of looked down upon. Yeah. So that helps because not only is it very expensive, but they used all the money to often do very practical, real things, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily where the money would go now. You know, the money might go into making the CGI better yes. or something like that. So they wouldn't have to go film on location. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's, it's true. not necessarily good or bad, but it does make it feel like it's from a bit of a different era I think yeah. than you know, current blockbusters Yeah. but as you say it wasn't that common then either you know most movies weren't getting that level of attention or money mm -hmm. or whatever and and it was it was of a scope that was pretty rare it's a pretty big gamble too to yeah. have a bunch of unknowns and some actors who haven't been in stuff in a while and throw you know a pretty good budget at it and knowing that it's based off of like a theme park ride is mm -hmm. like Guys, well done. This worked. Didn't think it was going to, and now it's like spawned something that's like it's just a th completely different entity now. So yeah. Before I say this, before we get to our final, if we have any final things, final thoughts. Uh, yeah. let's you know see if anything we didn't think of. I would like to give a you know shout out to mm. uh, to the governor. Yes. What's his name again? Uh, governor uh, Swan. Swan. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't really mention him, but he's great too. He's great. Uh, thing about this movie Rigetti is that honestly, and Pintel are yeah, great too. like like, there's so many great side little, characters. Little characters are very good. Yeah. Um, Even like the ones that don't show up again in the sequels. Yeah. I'm still really bummed about Zoe Saldana, yeah. but I also understand. Yeah. Why? Well, um, yeah, I mean Jack's crew in general is great. I've always loved uh, Mr. Gibbs. Gibbs. Yes, Mr. Gibbs he's great. Um, Cotton's great with his with his bird. Yeah, it's his it's. Parrot. Very surprisingly memorable. It honestly, to me, it feels like I don't know how the process went. It's like a script that someone worked on very carefully. You mm -hmm. know, like they they really didn't want any of it to feel like random filler. You know, they, yeah. They wanted every scene to be entertaining in some way or another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, we've talked about most of the big set pieces, mm -hmm. um, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah. That's mostly it. Yeah. That's what pirate movies are about, right? 
yeah. <laughs> set pieces. And yeah, set sword pieces, fighting sword and, fighting, music. Uh, just generally... Setting the right tone. Characters that are charming yet roguish. Yes. <laughs> Love that. Yes. Yeah, I think knocks it out of the park, man. I still can't... It's like one of those things where it's like, I can't believe this movie got made. It's mm-hmm. so lovely. I'm so glad it exists in the world. And yes. it is one of those many uh, part ones of a series that, as you said, um, ends in a way where uh, it's nice for everyone because if they really hate the other ones, you can really treat it as a single movie. Yeah. Um, it feels like it has an ending that yeah. is good enough for good. Yeah. I also really love that like Norrington says, like we can give him one day's head start. Yeah. That also, again, bridges the idea that, hey, this adventure is over, but there are many more in the future. Yeah. It's like they're going to be chasing each other forever. It's yeah. Like, um, to make a cool reference mm. uh, to another movie um, in the Korean movie, mm. The Good, the Bad, the Weird. Yes. Which is a <gasps> Korean uh, Western. It's kimchi. Yeah. So, you know, I Western. think we can say there's some uh, similarities often between things like Westerns and things like pirate movies. Yes. And uh, the movie ends in a similar way where it kind of gives you this... Uh, little set of scenes indicating uh, these characters that were already at odds and chasing each other they are still doing it. They're going to do it again. And it's like, yeah, maybe uh, it'll never stop. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that feeling for ending an adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it'll just go on in your own head. Mm-hmm. That's part of why, how they're trying to make you feel good, I think. It's like, let's create a fun world to be in and yeah. also like it never has to end kind of yeah the movie it's tells literally you. like here's the sandbox guys we played yeah. with it a little bit but just so you know you can stay here you can stay here <laughs> forever totally fine yeah yeah I dig it uh do you have any final things to we did the favorite scene deal yeah uh i don't know if there's anything else I mean, favorite line. Let's see. There's so many. I have lines. too many. I frankly too many. There's all. There's so many good lines in this movie. Too. Uh, we'll say that I love it when Jack says, uh, "You know that it worked out for everyone." So <laughs> they're all men of their word, except, except for, for Elizabeth, Elizabeth yeah. who is in fact a woman. That is that is a good line for me. I like that one. I think that everyone in the world can appreciate the simplicity and beauty of uh, Mr. Too Long, who yes. says "Too, too Long." long. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good line. Um, <laughs> Gotta blow out the speakers laughing at that one. Um, that one is great. Um, I do love the little. Um, it's not my incentive to fight fair, and then also the uh, the one with Norrington. Where he says, "You're the worst pirate I've ever heard of," and he says, "But mm. you have heard of me." Um, and then I like the um, one where they said uh, something along the lines of like the black pearl as they've been sacking towns and ships for near 10 years no survivors yeah. and I say no survivors where do all the stories come from I wonder um, uh, you know everything Norrington says while yes. Elizabeth is about to fall off the cliff Yeah. it's not really about what he says it's about his demeanor I'm a bit nervous myself <laughs> he's uh I love that scene he's very forthright about it you know you are a fine woman yeah <laughs> Just like, I'd be fanning myself too being like this is a lot this is a lot right now um I'm one. surprised you didn't say the one that you always like to say. Oh, well, yes. I I like it when Jack says that not all treasure is silver and gold to Will. Yes. He's very indignant at the idea that he's into treasure, by I'm the way. not obsessed with treasure. I mean, it's that pi- anti-pirate bias he's yeah. got going on. Don't worry. He gets rid of that real fast. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good. Uh, I think Barboza has the, uh, you know, classic, uh, you best start believing in ghost stories. Mm-hmm. 
online. Oh, that's it's good. It's hard to beat for creepy pirate goodness. Yeah. Oh, I guess we should try and... Uh, uh, since it is based on a ride, did you pick up all the ride references? You know, I've been on the ride once, I think. Yeah. I don't really... They also changed the ride, you know, it is, to reflect the movies. It's this weird thing of, like, one thing influencing another and, like, cycling so, back. So I don't really know what was there before. People have told me, I know that, like, the guys that are holding a key for the dog are from the, the ride. The guys with the bone, with the dog yeah, and yeah. the keys is one. Um, um, the skeleton drinking wine and having it go down the ribs is one. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. They also... Like, it's like, like the whole Tortuga yeah, sequence. Yeah, like... The guy sleep like Gibbs sleeping with the pigs. Pirate town yes. in general, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where I think they actually had more, but then they kind of took some of those pieces in Tortuga and then just set it in the second one. Was the um was the curse idea from the ride, or did they make that up? They made that up. Okay. Yeah, but it's funny because like you said, like they added that yeah. to the ride. Like they put Jack in the ride, they put Barbosa in the ride. And uh, Barbosa also has, like, a line when they're fighting, the two uh, ships are fighting each other, the Interceptor and Black Pearl, and he's, he's, like, screaming about cockroaches, and that's, like, from the ride as well, when they're, like, shooting stuff. I like the idea that there is someone in the world who was so invested in the ride that yeah. they went to see this movie as if it was a book adaptation, and they yeah. were like, oh, good, they, they got, got all the important stuff that. in, yeah. yeah. They, uh... Fun little Easter egg for me, yeah. <laughs> they got the characters, they got the... The tone. Yeah. Uh, they really nailed it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they left that one thing out. I like, know. How dare they? Ruined it. <laughs> Three out of four <laughs> stars. This is a, I don't like this out of four system. That's, I don't know. It's a pretty weird system. I just panicked and picked a number. <laughs> I've seen it before. I don't understand it. Uh, you know, four out of four stars. Like, why Yeah, four? I don't know. It's weird. That's a whole other podcast episode. That's a, that's right a different there. issue. <laughs> but this movie, to me, is four out of four stars. Mm. And maybe even five out of five if we were to use a system that makes sense. Yes. Give it an A. Yeah. I love this movie. I would wa- I've would. i seen it so many times and I'd watch it again over and over. It's great. It's fun. It's an adventure. I love it. All right. should sign off now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. This has been Vicky. This is Camden. And we will talk to you guys about swashbuckly things later. Goodbye. I agree. Savvy. <laughs> okay. I'm done. Goodbye. If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, And also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook. And you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. (laughs) Um, Also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off.